This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast. It is a Wednesday, 22nd of February. Here's what we've got for you today. Going to get the thoughts of the entrepreneur Sean Cadaval. Looking forward to that one. Now, he's the founder of Fresh to Home. Fascinating chap. Went to school in Sharjah. Then moved to Silicon Valley, set up a few successful companies, then moved to India and set up Fresh to Home, which is an online food retailer. He's just raised $104 million from investors, including Amazon. He was in the studio to talk us through that. What else have we got? Big focus on the boom in tourism here in Dubai at the moment, including corporate tourism. So many events going on. You've got golf food here in Dubai, IDEX, the big military event down the road in Abu Dhabi. Lots more as well. Going to get the thoughts of Simon Lee. He's a hotelier with Premier Inn Hotels. It's an affordable hotel chain, but they're charging as much as a thousand dirhams a night at the moment. Happy days. What else have we got for you? Miles Chambers talking about that military event happening in Abu Dhabi. He's with Edge, the big Abu Dhabi military hardware company. All that to come. First up, though, let's dive straight into some of our top business stories. Big stories this morning, big events happening in Dubai, Gulf food, of course, here in Dubai. Down the road in Abu Dhabi, Tom, it's the military exhibition, IDEX, and its close cousin, NAVDEX. IDEX is International Defence Exhibition, NAV is the naval equivalent thereof. Billions and billions of dirhams worth of deals being done. And you've been speaking to one of the top guys, haven't you? You're right. Uh, IDEX ongoing down in uh, Abu Dhabi at the moment, uh, as is NAVDEX. Uh, Every single time you open up uh, one of the newspapers at the moment, you will see stories coming from both of those at the moment. So uh, no shortage of big news stories coming out of there. Uh, Majority of them being generated by Edge. Um, and we spoke a little earlier the, what, on. The, the guitarist from U2? Not sure, not sure um, if he'd be on the front line uh, <laughs> of de- defence spending, uh, The Edge. Uh, but The Edge Group, uh, which is obviously a conglomerate, um, uh, was set up. I, I mean, the, the thing I'm fascinated about is obviously the, 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 the growth of IDEX. Miles Chambers is the man we spoke to a little earlier on. We'll hear from Miles in more detail a little later this morning. And also he'll be available on the Bite Size Business Breakfast. 9.30 this morning, you'll be able to hear the interview in full. He's the Director of International Business Development. Uh, Edge Group is basically um, a defence conglomerate. Um, It has four different divisions. But they have grown significantly in recent years uh, and in line with IDEX to a certain degree in the defence industry here. But I would argue also that apart from the numbers, and the numbers are very impressive and they've sealed all sorts of deals in the first couple of days, the transparency of something like the Edge Group has also been phenomenal over the course of the last three years where... You know, three three years three years ago, we would not have talked about IDEX that that openly. We knew it went on, but it was all pretty much behind closed doors and very B two B. Whereas now it's very open in terms of where the events taking place. Edge themselves have a very glitzy HQ um, on the way down to Abu Dhabi, just opposite uh, the Etihad HQ on the other side of the road. Um, and it is it is not just about weapons production and weapons sales and, and defence systems. It's also about disrupting through innovation and technology, and that seems to be the edge mantra. Um, so in keeping with, with, with that side of things, and lest we forget, it is a large industry here in the UAE. It's a large and growing industry here in the UAE. 
We're going to hear that interview, as Tom said, in about 20 minutes' time. One of our other stories this morning is just a booming event and tourism industry here in the UAE. Events like IDEX in Abu Dhabi, Gulf Food here in the UAE, filling up hotel rooms. There is no room at the inn. Let's remind ourselves what Paul Griffiths had to say this time yesterday. He joined us in the studio to reveal Abu Dhabi, Dubai Airport's numbers. Now, as a whole, Dubai Airport numbers are not back to pre-pandemic levels. In fact, they're not even close because 80% of Dubai Airport traffic has been transit traffic. However, for the point-to-point stuff, people coming to Dubai, this is Paul Griffiths yesterday telling us that we are way ahead of 2019. The good thing is the point-to-point traffic to and from Dubai is now well above pre-pandemic levels. In December, we had 119% of the visitor arrivals we had even pre-pandemic. So I think that's a very, very good indicator that Dubai as a city is incredibly attractive and I think has shifted up a gear. I think all credit to the authorities and everyone who's pulled together to make that happen. We are now positioned. I think is a far more attractive city relative to the rest of the world than we were pre-pandemic. And those are very clear from the numbers that we're seeing. So we've been speaking to a range of experts. We had the guys from Guest Ready, an Airbnb-style company, in earlier on. Yeah, 90% occupancy this week. Tom, you've been speaking to the boss of a three-star hotel chain that is A, full, and B, if you're lucky enough to get a room, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, but I'm going to pull you up on that. You didn't like like three-star. Did you not? No, he made a point of, 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 of avoiding three-star. is uh, very much in disagreement with three-star. Mid-market, I think, is the, is the politically correct way to address it. Richard Dean, all right? All right. Mid-market affordable. Mid-market affordable fight. Okay. <laughs> We're going to find out the official Dubai rating for his hotel chain. We, uh, <laughs> Simon He's a nice Lee, guy. I like him. I'm Simon not... Lee's the MD of Premier Inn Hotels, MENA. Uh, he was talking about the mid-market affordable markets here in the MENA region, the potential down in Saudi Arabia. Before we talk to all things KSA, I wanted to know about more things UAE. Uh, we wanted to know here whether this week, obviously with Gulf Food, the SWAT Challenge and all the other massive events going on around around town is this week just an anomaly or is this is there sort of continual high demand in hotels you know you look at i mean this week is crazy um but actually if you look at the performance year to date and i think yeah it was paul, paul yesterday talking about the the volumes coming through the airport um we've absolutely seen that flow through um and and with all the events and certainly uh, i think we touched on it before a lot um, of our revenue, two-thirds of our revenue flows through in the last six months of the year. So this is a stellar six months and it's an important six months. Um, and therefore, you've got to take the opportunity when the events are in town to, to, to you know, make as much as you possibly can in, in a fair and reasonable way. Um, and we touched it before, we dynamically price. So as the demand goes up, our rates, you know, our rates move up as well. Simon Lee from the... Mid-market affordable hotel <laughs> brand Premier Inns that is not two-star and is not four-star and is not five-star. <laughs> He's a good guy, Simon. He's doing a really good job. I'm glad to see his business is going well, all joking apart. Right then, Serena Kelly's with us in the studio. Morning, SK. Morning, guys. Can we start with so much going on at the moment? Where to start? Let's start with the cycling because the oh. UAE Tour is going on at the moment, isn't it? This is a massive event. Yes, so stage three of the UAE Tour returns to the open road. It is one for the climbers today. Riders will take to the mountains this afternoon, setting out from Fujairah, travelling 185 kilometres to the finish line. 
at Jebel Jace. So they're going to climb around 1,500 metres in the three-hour race duration. Uh, team Sodal Quickstep will be looking to make it three wins from three after taking yesterday's team uh, time trial. Uh, meanwhile, when it comes to road closures, certain routes in Russellheimer temporarily closed today. Russellheimer police have mapped out those roads. You can check it out on the Air and New Centre app. But the closures starting, uh, rolling closures from around midday, and the routes will reopen, of course, once the races pass through. Can we just mention about tomorrow, though, as well? Because I think that's key for a lot of people out there on With the road. With Dubai. Yeah. The, Dubai <laughs> yes. tour, the Dubai stage is tomorrow. It's starting in the Shindaga area tomorrow, uh, round about 12.30. Um, it's basically going... Shin- I'm awful at this sort of thing, um, trying to work out. So Shindaga Tunnel, basically uh, coming down the creek, if you like, then hugging Al Kale Road going all the way down out to the Al-Qudra cycle track, so down the Al-Qudra corridor, down to the Al-Sukra, and then coming back through Dubai Harbour, up onto the Palm, and then finishing at Dubai Harbour. Look, track side, the stage aside, probably best to check the map in advance tomorrow because there will be road closures 12.30, well, I'd say from about 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock tomorrow. Or just join some of the WhatsApp parent groups for schools because they're all circulating the the actual race routes because everyone's trying to judge whether their school pickup times are going to be affected or not. Okay, I, I'll yeah. join a couple of I've got, I've actually got it here. I could send it to you right now. <laughs> These guys are incredible. 185 kilometres. If I yeah. drive that distance, I get home and I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. I need a cup of tea. Yeah, These I, guys are cycling it on a yeah. push bike. I get a sore backside driving that. And imagine being on a bike itself. Oof. No, I don't want to. They're incredible athletes. And the guys from Off Script, obviously, have been looking at this in some detail. They're including incredible athletes. Well, they, they, Robbie's, off Script? Robbie's not a bad golfer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Give him. Oh, Roger right. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Challenge. They're all really trying. Really Roger Pryor has done an yeah, Ironman. They're really talented athletes, all of them. <laughs> the aforementioned Roger yes. Pryor, who's a producer and presenter on Offscript, who is a triathlete in Ironman, was understandably really excited about having all these incredible cyclists in town. So he was on the ground for stage two of the UAE tour at Khalifa Port. Now, he was speaking to the guys from Ineos Grenadier team. They completed the top three. It was their young Australian rider, Luke Paff, who took the overall leader's red jersey. Do you feel you can hang on to it? Uh, I hope so. Um, look, I think Remco is definitely the favourite. He's a class act. He's the world champion for a reason. Uh, I think for me, it'll just be a matter of holding on and seeing what I can do in the climbs from here. It'd be uh, really nice to let the sprinters have their fun for the next few days. And tomorrow's a, a really interesting climb. If it's a tailwind, it could be harder and it could split if it's a headwind I really think it'll stay together but yeah I think it'll be really interesting what happens with the wind tomorrow that'll play the major difference but at the end of the day I think we'll see now unless there's crosswinds on the sprint days it'll be a showdown on Jabal Hafeet and it'll be a, a 20 minute test to see who's the best rider. That's the cyclist Luke Paff in conversation with Dubai Eyes Roger Pryor. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com And our next guest has actually raised more than 100 million million dollars from some very big names. He is the CEO and co-founder of the meat and fish delivery service Fresh to Home, the world's largest actually in that category. Sean Caravels in the studio with us this morning. Sean, good morning. It's lovely to see you. Good morning. Uh, it's great to be here and thank you for hosting me in the past as well when we raised our CDC. You guys put us on the map and uh, that we've seen a big growth trajectory from then. Well, we'd love to take the credit for it, but I think there might be a little bit more to it than that. Do you want to start off by 
explaining what makes fresh to home different in the way that you uh, acquire and price the fish and meat you're selling? So uh, we started Fresh to Home with a vision of providing, you know, uh, amazingly good quality food that's wholesome and but free of chemicals, antibiotics or preservatives, and especially in the fish and meat category, uh, and directly sourced from fishermen and farmers. Right, the concept originated by a need that I had. I was, you uh, know, an entrepreneur who would spend most of my early professional life in the valley and then had relocated back to India. Uh, and at that point, I couldn't get good food, f- uh, especially in the fish and meat category uh, for my own f- kids and family. That's really the need in which we started Fresh to Home. So we've remained true to that value, right? Everything that we sell is without any sort of chemicals. We have traceability. Like if you buy Fresh to Home uh, fish from in Dubai today from us, we can tell you to which boat the fish has actually come from or at which poultry, the which farm the poultry has come from. That's really the key USP. And that's really how we started the company. It's grown really quickly. Now we're the largest in the world in this category, uh, doing about 2 million orders per month and about 130 million US dollars of revenue. And that's really the genesis of Fresh to Home. And you've raised money from some fantastic people. The CFO of Facebook, the CEO of Google Ventures. This round has seen the uh, Amazon Venture Fund. How do you attract the attention of these big names? See, at the end of the day, it was really about uh, figuring out uh, uh, the gap in the market and unmet need, which is really about uh, the fish and meat space, which is a 50 billion US dollars market in just in India. And if you take the GCC, which now we are in Dubai and the entire UAE as well, and we are going to G- in Saudi and other markets, it's a 250 billion US dollars market, right? So imagine this. All the, just the India market alone, uh, fifty billion dollars is bigger than the size of all the Spider-Man and you know Avengers movies put together. That's the first thing to get investor attention, right? To focus on a market that's large enough. We then created and found the unmet need, which in this category is really about you know figuring out food without preservatives, but at a mass market price, right? That's really what sells, especially given the sort of middle class consumer base and sort of price sensitive consumer base. And that's really the second thing we identify. The third one was to identify an unfair advantage. And in our case, the unfair advantage was uh, most e-grocery companies are generally not profitable. And especially given the current market environment, right? We are fully operating margin profitable. And we did this using some amazing technology, especially an AI-based technology that allowed us to auction from huge amounts of fishermen and farmers, right? Across about 3,000 fishermen and farmers across 400 harbors in India and also do contract farming. We do about 25,000 tons of fish and meat today and about 10,000 tons of farmed produce. So that uh, the combination of large market and unmet need and an unfair advantage uh, is really what allowed us to get uh, funding from some of these large players that you hear talk about. We've got about four minutes left with you. The UAE is about 15% of your market. India is the rest. How big could Saudi be for you? Saudi is a $24 billion market, so it is actually uh, the big daddy in the region. So essentially, it could be beca- become our largest play. And uh, so we think it could be 20-25% of our overall uh, revenue size. And where after Saudi? So we are expanding broadly to all of GCC. But if you look at it, India alone is incredibly large, right? We are in 160 cities, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. We are still less than 1% of the market share. What's the, the big goal? Where do you eventually want to take fresh to home? How big could it get? So the, the, I think it's, there are two aspects to it. From the commercial side, I'll, I'll let alone that aspect to it. As an entrepreneur, uh, having done multiple software companies in the past, the real vision is to take chemical-free food to the next billion people, right? That's how big it could get. From uh, investor consideration, we are looking to go public or go IPO in the next three years' time. Where would you do that? 
So we haven't decided that. I am now a resident of Dubai. The company has got a regional headquarters here. So UAE and the GCC region is a definite possibility. India could be a possibility. We are also Singapore whole course. We have a lot of options. We're just evaluating it at this point. Well, obviously, we've got a bit of an IPO train going here in the UAE. What will swing your decision as to where to list? At this point, it's really, uh, you know, around uh, what kind of multiples are the different uh, markets getting. We're also looking at what's the sort of, uh, you know, cash flow in the overall IPO market sentiments. We are carefully evaluating that because if you've seen there's been an overall dip, it's been a bear market. But we have seen a very attractive inbound, uh, you know, investor interest in the private markets. And we want to see how we can replicate that in the public, in the capital markets. That will be the key consideration. We're seeing quite a bit of consolidation in the food delivery industry. Yeah. Is this something that you are interested in at all, either acquiring or allowing yourself to get bundled into something bigger? You can't plan an m It just happens, right? So we are always looking out for it. And also it's important to realize that we are not a food delivery company. We are an online D2C brand, which is now going omni-channel. So we also have offline stores. So for example, in the UAE, in the waterfront market, we have two stores. And it's an omni-channel play. The other thing we have seen in this space, and the wider space, uh, I, I, I realize, is the rise of the super app. The idea that, that the people who deliver your meat and fish might also be the people who sort out your, your home cleaning, uh, your car valleying, whatever else. Any 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 idea to move beyond the, the food space? So, no, we are very, very focused on, you know, figuring out the fish and meat supply chain because super apps can give you the customer acquisition, but you need a specialist, right, to who understands your fish and meat. You wouldn't want somebody cleaning your car to also serve you fish. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Sharon Cadaval is the CEO and co-founder of Fresh to Home, uh, the D2C company, fresh fruit and uh, fresh meat and fish delivery company that's just raised more than $100 million. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Premier Inn is a British limited service hotel chain. It's the UK's largest <laughs> hotel brand and it is well represented here in the MENA region. Uh, plenty of properties to choose from uh, across the UAE uh, and uh, more recent and in, in near future across the GCC as a whole. We're going to details on that now from uh, the man in charge, the managing director, Premier in Hotels for the entire MENA region. Simon Lee, kind enough to join us live in studio. Morning, Si. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Thanks for joining us live in studio. I know you've been hot-footing it across the MENA region recently as well. We're going to get on to MENA expansions in just a few moments' time. But whilst we have you here, just want to get a managing director's, a hotelier's take on what's going on here in the UAE at the moment. We know this week's a busy week. It's a bit of an anomaly, a lot going on around town. But there ain't a morning that us three don't get in here and talk about growth in some sort of sector here and by here in the UAE. Do you concur... Dr. Lee? Dr. Lee, uh, yeah. If, if, if My mum would be very proud if I was a doctor, Tom. <laughs> um, uh, sadly not. Um, no, I do. I do. I think if you, you know, you look at, I mean, this week is crazy. Um, but actually, if you look at the performance year to date, and I think yeah, it was Paul, Paul yesterday talking about the, the volumes coming through the airport, um, we've absolutely seen that flow through. Um, and, and with all the events, and certainly, uh, I think we touched on it before, a lot um, of our revenue, two-thirds of our revenue flows through in the last six months of the year. So this is a stellar six months and it's an important six months. Um, and therefore, you've got to take the opportunity 
when the events are in town to 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 you know make as much as you possibly can in in a fair and reasonable way. Um, and we touched it before. We dynamically price. So as the demand goes up, our rates you know our rates move up as well. Um, and yeah, I think you know you're seeing that flow through in some so of the some from, of the higher So from what town. you're seeing and the data that you're getting, the numbers that you're getting, is this week uh, or, or these couple of weeks? Is this just an anomaly at the moment, or are we seeing pretty solid? No, it's solid. I'd say it's, you know these are solid. These are these are repeat events as well. So year on year, um, you slightly lap different times, but the reality is you're seeing the same kind of performance flowing through year on year. It is up. You know if you look at where we are performing in terms of year to date, we're going to finish the year in a very strong position. Um, we're probably going to be about thirty percent up uh, in terms of where we originally set budgets. So um, you could say that in February. Uh, well, yeah, but we're, I'm talking financial year. Okay, Tom. Fine. <laughs> so right. we we end our financial year at the end of March. So uh, yeah, we're going to finish in a strong position for this year, and um, you know, get ourselves set for next year as well. And that's continuing the same because 2022 was a record year for the brand. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the the business itself. Um, so we're we're joint venture with Emirates and Whitbread, Whitbread who run Premier Inn um, in the UK. Um, and the business has been going since 2008, but it hadn't. It had been out of profit effectively since, you know, from from 2017. It hadn't made a profit. So when I came over a year and a half ago, there were two things I, you know, was adamant I'd do. One is get the business structured and set up in the right way, but but get the business profitable and not pull on our shareholders for support. Uh, and we've done that. And 22 finished really strong. Um, you know, and we're, um, you know, from from in terms of sorry, 2021, 22 for us finished really strong. We're already you know in, in a strong position to finish this financial year as well. So back in profit, not pulling on um, funding from shareholders. And that ties to our plan as well, which is trade the business brilliantly, invest back in the business. And the third pillar now is about profitable growth. Let's talk growth, because obviously we know um, established here in the UAE uh, uh, and the region as a whole, um, you, you, of course, you wear the hat of, of the MENA hat as the <coughs> Managing Director for Premier Inn Hotels, MENA region. You've just come back from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Simon. What news from the Kingdom? News from the Kingdom. Um, I think the, the news from the Kingdom is it's happening and it's happening at pace. Um, I, I, I went out. Uh, you know, from from a, I had a I had a view, um, and you see a lot from a you know the marketing, the PR engine in terms of KSA is is absolutely phenomenal, and you you often hear around the Giga projects, um, you hear about Neom etc. But I spent time in Jeddah, um, and then we went across and we spent time in Riyadh, and in both of those cities you see the development, it's happening. There are you know the buildings are coming up, the construction is underway, um, and from our viewpoint in terms of being a you know high quality high value mid market uh, less less about three star about high quality high value mid market there's a lot of four and five stars within saudi arabia mm. um you know and good quality four and five star but there's a real lack of high quality mid market so for us there's a there's a there's a question of timing timing feels good now there's a lot of momentum and pace in the market you can see that happening on the ground in the cities you just take a walk around and you can just see even the brands that are there and 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 how it's evolving and then there's also the appetite the appetite for investment um and the appetite for brands such as us you know well established brands well known brands to come in and you know seriously seriously enter the market not just not just to to try and test but actually you know make a conscious decision to build a plan to genuinely grow the business, um, and and it and it's hot. I'd say it's hot. Uh, if we don't if we don't if we don't make a move, and I've got to convince my shareholders about this, and that's you know part and parcel of the board meeting that's coming up in a few few weeks' time is to get them on the uh, you know to get them on the journey with us. Two of them joined me in Saudi as well, uh, and we're very you know very positive about where the market so, is. So there's 
it sounds from what you're saying there uh, that there's appetite from your perspective, from therefore from a Premier Inn perspective. Is there appetite from investors and Saudi Arabia perspective as well? Definitely. Definitely. So we met a mix of people. So we spent a lot of time with the Saudi Tourism Authority and they were incredibly helpful in connecting us with potential partners. Um, we met some some uh, very uh, well-established families um, within Saudi Arabia as well and very well-established and um, potential partners in terms of um, uh, individuals willing to invest as well. So, uh, and it's all very well-structured. So you know, for us to enter the market, uh, it's very important to make sure that we do do so most likely with a well-established partner mm. um, and and doing that either investing ourselves so putting some capital forward that that that's one opportunity or, or going on an asset like basis but the sentiment in the market is if you're going to come in you need to come in seriously and therefore there'll be a level of expectation in terms of what you bring so premier in there'd be an expectation that premier and bring some money in as well so correct me if i'm wrong no deal signed yet but hopeful uh, very hopeful, very hopeful. So, I mean, we had uh, over the two days, over 10 meetings with very um, interested parties, a uh, number of MOUs which are underway to being signed um, and uh, a number of conversations where it was, what's your appetite for scale? Mm. So uh, entering a conversation which was, oh, don't, don't come and talk about one or two hotels, talk about 15, talk about 20. So it's quite serious in terms of getting into the market quite quickly and therefore pace and expansion. Hot on Saudi Arabia, but obviously, lest we forget, MENA region Definitely. as a whole. I mean, the whole of the region, just what we were saying there, are you getting that buzz about the region as a whole from a premium perspective? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And you look at kind of where we sit today, you take, you take, take you know, Dubai has been very strong for us. Abu Dhabi has been incredibly strong. Two hotels in Abu Dhabi and, the, you know, the team team there have stellar performance, absolutely stellar performance, specifically the Abu Dhabi Hotel, uh, the Abu Dhabi Airport Hotel as well. Um, we got two in Doha. I mean, we sat here and spoke about the World Cup mm. and what, what, you know, what will be the come down of the World Cup. Um, and actually, we've had a very, very strong January and a very strong February. Mm. So there's a bit of a bounce there. Um, the wider GCC, we did look, so we did the logic of how we're going to grow was grow within, and there's still opportunities here. So we've got land that we're still looking to develop within mm. existing markets, um, and then any new opportunities come up. But <clears throat> it was then about adjacent markets and growing within the GCC. Um, but when you look at Saudi, Saudi's got 35 million in terms of population. Mm. Um, when you look at as much as there's big plans and vision 2030, et cetera, in other, area, you know, in other, other parts of the GCC, you start to tip towards actually... Where's where's the likely potential sure. to you know enter and scale? So I'm going to leave it there, but do let us know when you uh, dot those I's and cross those T's, uh, as we'll get you back in to talk about it. Thanks so much indeed for coming back uh, into the studio as well. Uh, Simon Lee is the managing director of Premier Inn Hotels across the entire MENA region. Just the highlights. This is the bite sized business breakfast. IDEX and NAVDEX 2023 are on at the moment in the nation's capital, and they're making headlines with good reason as well. Uh, just looking at the national today, um, eight local firms securing deals as the UA signs military contracts worth $2.2 billion. They were among 12 contracts awarded by Armed Forces Procurement Arm on Tuesday. That was the second day of the show. Into the third day of the show at the moment, uh, one uh, organisation that is uh, in itself making headlines down in Aberdeen, not just during IDEX, but uh, throughout the last three-plus years of their existence, is, of course, uh, EDGE, the UA's defence conglomerate EDGE, uh, presenting 11 new autonomous 
best products at the show. Um, let's talk now to the team at Edge to get a take on the show and business in general. Director of International Business Development, uh, Business Development International at Edge is Miles Chambers, who joins us now live on the line, live via Microsoft Teams. Morning, Miles. Morning, Tom. How are you? Very well indeed. Thanks so much indeed for taking time. I know it's a, a busy old week for you and the team at Edge. And I mean, to that end as well, you were expecting it to be busy. Has it been busier than expected? Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, this year, compared to two years ago at last IDEX, when we were still under a lot of COVID restrictions, uh, today, this, uh, this year we're seeing you know, a huge uh, influx of visitors to the exhibition. So uh, it's been a very busy two days and uh, we expect that to continue through the, to the end of the week. Um, I am keeping a, a live eye on developments down at uh, IDEX at the moment because it seems every single time I refresh my page, there's a new, a new deal that has been struck as well. From an edge perspective, uh, give our listeners and viewers an idea of some of the most significant deals that you've signed over the last couple of days. Well, in the last two days, we've announced deals uh, for the edge group uh, totaling 13.4 billion dirhams. Uh, this is made up of a combination of, uh, of deals uh, for the UAE Armed Forces, uh, CISPR, as well as some international transactions. So we announced uh, on Monday a deal worth 4 billion dirhams uh, for the supply of uh, naval vessels uh, for an export contract to the government of Angola, as well as a number of other transactions to the UAE Armed Forces, 2.1 billion dirhams for uh, uh, one of our products, the Thunder Precision Guided Munitions, 175 million dirhams for 12-meter and 16-meter vessels for uh, search and rescue, uh, 4.7 billion for our Desert Sting precision-guided munitions, uh, and then further two transactions, 1.3 billion for a product we have, the Shadow, and 1.1 billion for the Hunter uh, unmanned aerial vehicle uh, UAVs. Let's talk about made in the UAE, something that we focus a lot here on the business breakfast across all industries as well. Uh, and of course, the defence industry is a very significant one here in the region. I know that the Edge Group uh, has so many different elements to it as well. But how important is that element of made and manufactured in the UAE? And how much is the UAE becoming a hub for such an industry? Well, we have now uh, within the group more than 6,000 employees uh, and, you know, very proudly all of these products, not only manufactured in the UAE, but all the design, the development and the engineering also takes place. So these are really truly UAE designed, developed and produced uh, products. Uh, and, you know, of course, we're very proud of uh, being a big supporter of uh, the UAE security agencies, the armed forces, CISPA and others. Um, but the scale of the organization uh, and the maturity of the industry now allows us to take these capabilities really to the international market and become a global player. I know that one of the, 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 the sort of ethoses of the Edge Group is, of course, disrupting industry norms. And that's something you've done through innovation and technology across all of your verticals as well. I'm just looking at the growth of Edge as well. I mean, it's just over three years since the inception of the Edge Group uh, back in uh, November, three years ago. Um, the, the, the size of uh, and the rate of the growth of the group, is that something that we should all be very proud of here? I'm sure you're all very proud of there at the group itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just uh, since the establishment of Edge uh, in 2019, we've increased the product portfolio by more than 400 uh, percent, more than 100 uh, various products now produced uh, here in the UAE. Uh, so, you know, the the scale of that growth, um, of course, is, uh, is, you know, relatively large in the very short span of time. 
and really focusing on advanced technology. So, you know, we have a very big focus in autonomous capabilities. And, you know, this is both through uh, local development, but as well as also now looking abroad in international investments and acquisitions, where we just recently uh, made a strategic investment in a company in Estonia, Milrem Robotics, uh, that has a long history of producing unmanned ground vehicles or autonomous uh, uh, ground platforms. Uh, and in addition to that, investing also in unmanned surface vessels through one of our companies, Abu Dhabi Shipbuilding. Always looking for trends, especially when it comes to IDEX and industries as a whole. And it seems that unmanned is a word that is cropping up time and time again. Is that one of the trends, you would say, at IDEX this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think for a long time, uh, unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs and drones has, uh, you know, become, I would say, relatively commonplace. Uh, but now expanding this into other domains uh, in land platforms and in vessels. So we really see that this is where the future of technology is going. Of course, being able to have uh, uh, removing personnel from, you know, hazardous areas or dangerous areas, be that for defense or be that in uh, applications such as search and rescue patrols, um, you know, civil defense applications. So absolutely, I think the future really is going to be uh, in autonomous capability. Exceptional rise in numbers. Order intake is up. Uh, export sales are up. Uh, 2022 numbers were record. Expecting the same for 23? I think so, absolutely. We, we expect uh, certainly to continue the growth, um, obviously, in the domestic market. Um, but a real huge focus during 2022 and obviously uh, 2023 and obviously going into 2024 uh, in the international market. And, you know, that'll be a combination of export sales from the UAE, looking at other strategic mergers and acquisitions and also looking uh, even further to establishing local offices uh, in key jurisdictions around the world. Miles, all the best with the remainder of the uh, conference and the exhibition. I know it can always be a little bit testing uh, for the teams down there at a busy old IDEX and NAVDEX. Miles Chambers, the Director, International Business Development for uh, EDGE, the EDGE Group, uh, based here in the UAE, out of Abu Dhabi. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.